Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Chris. And we're very pleased to have with us today, Eric Larson, who is the founder and creative genius behind TeslaCon, which is North America's, is it the largest in North America, largest? Right now, as far as we know, we are the largest. Okay, largest and best known full immersion steampunk convention. And it's, it's what? It is the oldest and the oldest because this is uh, this is your eleventh year, right? It would have been twelve, but you know what happens. So. Yeah, COVID, COVID <laughs> happens, right? So, uh, well, listen for um, our listeners that may not be familiar with it. Um, can you tell us, uh, in your own words, what what steampunk is? Steampunk is um, basically it's science fiction. So there's no. I think people tend to think it isn't science fiction, and it is. It's pure science fiction. It's what would happen if we had technology, not quite like today, but we had certain things back in the 1850s, the 1900s, that would work based on steam technology. Mm-hmm. So instead of an airplane, we might we might have airplanes, but they'd be they'd flap their wings, or we would have jet propelled jet packs of made of brass and gold. Stuff like that. So sort of like a Jules Verne kind of a... Very world. Jules Verne. Um, in fact, that's one of the things coming up we're going to be doing uh, 20,000 Leagues again. But it's the whole idea is it is science fiction. And I, the best way I can really say it is imagine things that weren't possible in the time period. And that's what it would be. Not that it would have to be fantastic, like you're going to other planets and that all the time. But it is things like... Uh, the Nautilus, you know, they didn't have submarines like that. So they had two men submarines (laughs) during the civil war. And you're like, okay, that's, that's sort of steampunk. Not really. Ours would be like, you'd put 50 guys in there and they'd still have torpedoes, but it would look clunky and big, lots of rivets and things like that. In the new films of Sherlock Holmes, if anyone has seen those, Mm -hmm. he uses when he falls over the, the, um, the falls with Moriarty, mm-hmm. he puts in a breather that his brother made. That's steampunk. It's a, even for day standard, it's pretty advanced, but it's a tiny little breathing unit. That would be steampunk. The bomb from the first movie would be steampunk. Why? Because it's, it, it's also clock punk too, but it was a clock mechanism and it, you know, set off certain things and that's all steampunk. So. Okay. Now, Fun. How long had you been in steampunk before you started doing conventions? Only about a year. Oh, wow. So about um, 13 years ago. Okay. Uh, some friends here in uh, the Madison area that started a club. It was an airship. They had heard about it. It was a game they were playing, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really into gaming, but I wanted to be involved. And my friend said, you should do this and blah, blah, blah. And 
They had um, uniforms and everything. And I watched them play it. And then I realized there's more to it than just what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then I researched it, got on the computer, you know, as Facebook got real big and you you start seeing stuff. And I went out and read a couple books real quick, Jeter's book and that. I was like, well, I know what this stuff is. And it's one of those (laughs) fandoms where you you sort of have the light bulb go off and you're like, wait a minute, I'm not stupid. I've seen this <laughs> stuff all along. I didn't know it was called steampunk. And that's what it was. Wild Wild West, the TV show. Yeah. I don't consider that 100% steampunk, but it, it is parts of it are. But yeah. the film Wild Wild West was steampunk. I didn't care for the story too much, but the characters and the situations they they got into like Will Smith, like pushing a button and something would open on his chest and he'd be stuck <laughs> to a wall. That's yeah. steampunk. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's the aesthetic of it. Like they had the tank on the, um, the rail cars Yeah. Right. and it conforms itself and becomes like a multi shot tank. That's steampunk. And that got me interested really heavily. So we had finished, uh, I did 14 conventions called FilmCon, which was basically all about filmmaking oh. and all about how to do it at home. It was just, we when we started, it was the advent of the 720 cameras. And then we got into the high res. So I just pulled all my friends from Lucasfilm in the industry and went, come out this year and talk about what you do for a living. <laughs> and so we had artists, we had computer artists, we had makeup artists, all kinds of stuff. And that was a lot of fun, but it had come to an end. And I thought, well, what am I going to do now? And my friend goes, why don't you try this? I'm like, well, we could. So I talked to my partner who lives in Arkansas. And he said, yeah, why don't we just do it for a year or two and see what, you know, just for fun. So we did. Mm-hmm. I started at WindyCon. We threw a party, a room party. But what we did was we had a huge backdrop printed up of the Eiffel Tower. So you could have your picture taken and it became sepia toned right away. <laughs> Uh, we, we were mixing gin drinks and that, which is big in steampunk. And everyone came to the party and they're like, you're having a con? I'm like, yeah, we're having a con. <laughs> and my friend made me an old fashioned, uh, like Oldsmobile driving jacket. And I had the goggles and all that. And it was fun. And uh, Abby Minnelli, who is my the head of the dealer's room, she actually came and just loved it. We've been friends ever since. So I made a lot of friends pretty quick, but then we had the first year at the Radisson. That was the tops we could have was 450 people crammed into that little hotel. That was as much as you could do. Uh-huh. But the thing that made it different was I was teaching at the time at a school that had, a lot, well, I taught art, but it also taught um, music and um, sound production. And so I got some of the kids and I said, can you come up with stuff for me? They're like, what do you want? And I'm like, well, I want to make it so we can have sound coming from all different sides of the room. And the room was maybe about 20 by 30. So it's not a huge room. And so we got four, I bought four CD players, like boom boxes. Uh And each one was set up different. So uh, Daniel was the name of the, the kid who helped me at the time. He engineered each boom boxes sound different. So some were the trains coming in, some was the, the sound of the, um, the speakers overhead. They're all, 
You could hear dirigibles on one of them because the dirigibles <laughs> were landing so people could catch the trains into Paris and England. It just, all this stuff was going on. And then we set up booths, three booths, we could get your tickets. Uh-huh. And I purposely made people stand in line. <laughs> <laughs> and for whatever reason, they just went nuts. They went, no one's ever done this. No one's <laughs> ever done this. And at that point, there'd only been about two or three conventions, I think. And so I was the first one to really do the immersive stuff. And people went berserk for it. They just loved it. The fact that you could hear all the sounds and all around you just made them fall in love. So, And that was, yeah. that was 2010, was it? 2010. Okay. Yep. So we outcrewed that. <laughs> went to the next size hotel, which we went up to 850. And we outcrewed that one right away. And that was the one where people started noticing stuff. We brought our villain actually into the mix. You got to see him. We didn't meet him yet. His name was Dr. Proctorcus. Mm-hmm. Uh, picked an actor out of Chicago. And uh, he, up to that point, no one had met him. Only I had met him with a couple people on the filming staff. And we did some fun stuff. Now there, there he is on the left. Yeah. And he purposely grew his mustache out so he could twirl it. <laughs> he wasn't my first choice though i wanted to do sort of an antithesis i wanted to have a blonde blue-eyed guy as oh, the villain. Sure. everyone makes them the heroes right I was like so tired of that crap yeah mm-hmm. the guy i wanted just didn't he wasn't into it and i was like well let's let's try him and i said i need you to be a certain way and so we, we sat down for a few hours and i told him everything about the character Okay. He came up with them. And then for the film, when we go underwater and are attacked by him and our sub and then his sub, it was a lot of fun because what we did was we played Star Trek and we knew we were going to do that. I didn't, were you at the second one? No, we didn't make that one. The, it is somewhere floating out there, the film. But you, when we get hit by the, the torpedoes, it's just how the bottom it goes move to your left. And so everyone does this, move to your right. And then, you know, everyone's doing this. And it is, it is so Star Trek. And we were laughing. People were just, they loved it. And then it goes, go absolutely insane. Everyone's in their seats doing this. <laughs> and it, it just set the whole bar so different. The, also, and you're used to the, the Marriott. Yeah. The, the hallways to the sides in this other one, were only about six feet wide. So it was, they were sort of small. Oh, yeah. So Dan and my other student, uh, Aaron, who's been working for me ever since, set up loudspeakers. And so it sounded like you were in a sub. So they made it sound very enclosed. You'd hear water. You'd hear the pings. Uh-huh. People loved it. It was different. It was very different. And we all grew that one right away. So... <laughs> Then it was like, well, we'll go to the big one in town. And they were skeptical. They're like, there's no way you're going to fill a hotel. And I'm like, we'll fill all 700. We'll fill 290 uh, rooms. rooms. There's no way you're going to do that. Yes, we'll do that. <laughs> and back then, the first year, even though we did very good at we had about uh, almost 1,300 people. It, it took about maybe a month to sell all the rooms and they were shocked they're like oh my god you can do that and i said well we also do and there's the atrium um we also can do food functions and that they're like you want to do stuff like that i'm like well yeah (laughs) so 
it took two years for them to get on board with me. They, they were very skeptical. They were like, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And it, it'll work if you do it. Stop complaining and just do it. I do it. And after the year they made $50,000 in food and beverage alone, they're like, we'll do anything you want. And, like, <laughs> and, and of course, this year, the hotel, it was a mess this year. I mean, after COVID, it was a horrible, it, it still is. Marriott, I love the hotel, but the booking system is horrible. Yeah. Um, it sold out in under three minutes. So oh, it went from a month to we were done. Yeah. And it was like, and people still aren't surrendering the rooms really. There's a few, but it, it's, it keeps balancing. They've never had this happen. And I'm a little, I'm not skeptical, but I'm like, okay, I hope everyone stays in the rooms then. But it, it's interesting as we went through the years, the biggest year we had was year four. I think we had 1,600 people, a little over 1,600. That's a lot. And it, it, the hotel says we could hold up to 5,000. That's true. But if everyone's seating in a room like a theater, yeah. then they can hold 5,000. Right now, we hover between 900 to 1,200, depending on what year it is. It's just steampunk has gone through some ups and downs the last few years. And now we're seeing a resurgence after COVID people. One thing we've been doing, I work heavily with the um, vendors at different events. Sure. Is to keep track of your numbers for me. And what they've been reporting, weird stuff at Ren Fairs, steampunk is outselling Ren Fair stuff in certain places, two to one. Wow. Which wow. gives me an idea that and they're younger people under 30 that okay. they've been cooped up. They've seen things like the nevers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like that. That, that comes to mind. Yep. Starting to go. That's sort of fun. They mm-hmm. know what it is. Cause everyone goes, what's well, the steampunk show? And yeah, this is a practice for one of the dances. It was called, called the cog dance. It was difficult. <laughs> I came up with it. Basically you're bobbing up and down and there's two, if you can see it, there's two, lines of people in a circle and you keep passing each other and every third one you have to do <laughs> slap and then jump and then you go to the next person <laughs> anyway we come up with all this fun stuff but um that was called the congress esteem and that was the big one we had 42 different countries represented there that year wow. were you there that year no we the, our first year was journey to the center of the earth oh and... okay, you were the dinosaur yes so the the fun part about year four was we had this huge, there are pictures of it up, a huge diet that was 12 feet tall, and we had flags hanging from it. It was supposed to take place in Oslo, Norway. And if you look, we online, if you look under uh, Congress Esteem Norwegian Dancers, there are some films where you actually can see the kids, they're from Stoughton High School, they do traditional Norwegian dancing, they did perform for a half hour and did traditional flipping, and it's fun to watch. We had a friend of mine lip sync uh, the the uh, national anthem for us. It was fun, and then uh, we we did what's called the parade of flags. It was the longest. I had no idea how many people were going to do it. The line, and you know the hotel. Yeah, it stretched out from the main room, which was the front was the dealers' room. The other two were the. I'm sorry. Yeah, it wrapped all the way back into the atrium. Oh my gosh. People just kept parading in. And so um, one of the actors would call the name of the country, the ship, whatever it was. 
Okay. You know, the Argon. Oh, so the, the music is playing and they march up to the front and go, we represent the ship Argon. And they'd, and they'd have to plant their flags. All these flags started appearing in front of me. <laughs> and we're sitting there and I'm going, is this going to stop? Because there's still a line going out the door. And people had been arriving while we were getting ready. So I didn't see all this stuff. And, uh, and there he is. Uh, he was the one calling it. And that actually, that's my business partner to the far left. That's Brian. He's the artist. And there are all the Norwegian kids lined up. And it, it was so much fun. Yeah. They did, someone did the Marx Brothers. I forget the name of their stupid country. It, it's in this shirt, one of their movies. Yeah. And they came in like the Marx Brothers, but dressed in steampunk with a cigar and going, <laughs> we represent this country. And, you know, it was just it's hysterical. And we had done the aliens from the moon year three. And my son and a couple of people brought them in with their own flag and like, and the aliens from the moon. And they're all like, they're Muppets. And they're all like doing this. And people went nuts for that. That's awesome. And, and we had Germany, we had England, we had France, we had Norway, you know, anything that could be domesticated and brought over, we did. Mm -hmm. And it was just fun. And people were just in a damn good mood. And it was, right. we need that again. But um, out of all of them, though, that was the largest one. It was also the most hectic one. <laughs> but I have to admit, out of all of them so far, number three was my favorite. And that was Journey uh, to the Moon based on George Melies' uh, film. And we, I shoot us out of a cannon and you're actually sitting in the audience. We got a huge screen and it looks like you're being shot out of a cannon into the atmosphere. And all of a sudden you hear this in three, two, one. And all of a sudden, boom, all the sky disappears and you start seeing the stars. And it says float into the audience does this kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. And so we're heading towards the moon, but Procticus is on the ship. It's the first time you've ever meet him. Uh -huh. And the girls are already in love with him anyway. So he gets up and he goes, well, I want to go faster. I'm like, don't touch the controls. And he throws the throttle. We get shot forward and, and I bring it back. And all of a sudden we hit something and you see it on the screen. And I'm like, now we're heading to the moon too quickly and there's no way to slow up. What do you mean? I'm like, the trajectory was set. So we start speeding towards the moon. And you see the moon getting closer and closer. And someone runs in, he goes, Lord Bobbins, Lord Bobbins. I'm like, what is it? He goes, you won't believe who's here. And he's like, we hit him. And I'm like, hit who? And we start this big grand music, Santa Claus. And big guy in his little later hosen in the whole thing. He goes, who the hell hit man and slay? And he walks in. And, and I point, we all point at Procticus and he goes, you killed Blitzen, you idiot. Call for Christmas. And he goes, what is this ship anyways, Bobbins? And I'm like, we're trying to go to the moon. We had no intention of hitting you, Santa Claus. And he goes, well, what a bunch of crap. Anyway, what a bad day. I'm going to go to the bar and get some beer and venison. <laughs> venison? <laughs> the most magical two minutes. I've never laughed so hard. But we, were, we hadn't crashed on the moon yet. So we have to crash on the moon. And it literally is a whole movie where we're diving in and people are screaming and their hands are in the air. And then you see, I'm like, eject the side camera so we can see what's going on so you can change the view. So you hear them pop and all of a sudden the static and you see the ship coming in. 
and we crash land and we're like, well, now what? Because we can't take off. Mm. And they're like, well, this is just great. And so Practicus is like, well, I'm going to go outside. I'm like, you can't go outside. There's no air. How do you know? <laughs> uh, so we come up with this whole story. And you'll find out later what's happened, but it's a setup. And we make contact with the moon men. And <laughs> when you see him, he's a robot. And nothing's making sense. And it was the most nerve-wracking three minutes of my life because I didn't know what was going to happen. And, and there's Santa Claus. Yes. <laughs> and there's Christmas behind him. thought it was funny as hell. And we were so nervous. And I was the most nervous because I thought, this is going to work or not. It's either the audience is going to go, what a crock of crap, or they're going to embrace it. Uh-huh. So he wasn't understanding me. And he goes, oh, come on, like that. And he takes his helmet off. And all this steam comes out. And the audience is like, Oh, and he takes it off, puts the helmet down. You realize what it is. And he shakes his head and a woman in the far back of the room screams, it's a Muppet! And everyone goes nuts. I look at at Admiral Krieger and I'm like, oh, thank God it worked. (laughs) He didn't know. He had no clue. And it was, you know, he's like, ah, I love bones. And he calls me Bob. And I'm like, Bob, 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 Bob. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, great. Call me Bob. So he calls me Bob for the rest of the weekend. But (laughs) the aliens are there. And then next day, Saturday, we did... I walk by and everyone's taking pictures of them. We had built a set for them. Uh-huh. And I said, well, have they said much? And one of the people go, they don't say very much. I'm like, oh, nonsense. We have to try something. So I had the book. I pretended to be going through it, saying different things. And they would look at me and I said, well, manamana. And they all look and go, but ee, but ee, That is on. If you can find it, that is out there. That is, it's out there. Uh, Bob and Zing with the aliens, I think. Okay, and, we'll uh, look for it, that. It is so funny because it's just they're all bopping. <laughs> that was probably one of my between Santa Claus coming in, <laughs> the aliens. That was pretty good. But you came the year that we went to the center of the Earth. And that movie took God, six months to make. Oh my! Ooh. It was a long. It cost a lot. It, it was it was a lot. But my the guy who's animating, I felt so bad for him. It was a week before the con. He was trying to get it done, and I had asked for another shot of dinosaurs as the ship was landing. We were supposed to see them. Yeah. And he goes, "It's stuck. It won't work." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "I tried it twelve different times. It's not working. It's not." I'm like, "Shit, where we go?" And so I said, "Well, ju- we'll just have to let go. We'll, we'll let go." And if you remember in sitting in the audience, yeah. so the ship is flying over. And I'm like, are those dinosaurs, Krieger? I do believe they are. And he told me what to say. And I, I said, here's the problem. He goes, I'll cover it. Don't worry. And Will is very good at this impromptu crap that he comes up with. And yeah. he goes, I go, thank God, they aren't moving. What's wrong with them? And he looks at me with all seriousness and goes, I think they are petrified with fear. <laughs> animation wouldn't work it kept moving but they were like stuck (laughs) and then it was my idea we land and i'm like open up the iris and i'm like that is weird we have a black sun suns aren't black 
no, but it's orange all the way around. He has this bad <laughs> German accent. I'm like, but that can't be a sun. Wait a minute. It's zoomed in. Pull out. And as the camera pulls out, remember, there's the T-Rex going, ah! And I'm like, oh, fire! And we shoot fire. And, like, oh, and it lands. And I had two actors in the audience go, two Germans go, and I have an offer, and I have the ketchup. And they run outside, and I go, Germans, like that. And, it, you know, that's what we do for fun. We try to do really stupid humor. People like it. I remember uh, I remember being in the audience and watching the show, and it was just Amazing. awesome to watch. And it, it really sort of brings you into the story and uh, gives you something to kind of uh, – build your own character on for the weekend when you're in this immersive environment. And I, I'll never forget when we walked out of the ballroom after watching this, uh -huh. our, our airship descend into the center of the earth there where all these dinosaurs were, and you walk out and the whole hallway leading back to the main part of the lobby has got tropical plants on it. And mm -hmm. there's these characters that are in these giant dinosaur outfits that are walking around and yeah. you actually feel like you are in this, you've, you've landed in the center of the earth. It was just phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it was, things were so much easier back then. Well, I had hired the guy and he needed to transport. So I basically paid for him to build his new transport vehicle. Uh -huh. And he came to ExpectoCon too with dragons. He has dragons now, but we didn't know how anyone was going to take this. I mean, these are big suits. They, yes, they right. $10,000 each. And oh my God. I was afraid, you know, what if people think this is just dumb? And so uh, Carla Biggert and her husband and a couple other people helped with the plants. So they had an entire crew ready. And as soon as we went in there and we sort of, I call it locking the doors, everything is shut and the guards stand there. Yeah. And we start the show, they started. It was like Disney at night. It was like clean up mess and they came out and they started doing it. And it was their job to get the fog ready. And I yeah. had to get special permission from the hotel for the fog. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, they won't let me do it because it's all brand new. But, you know, you, <laughs> and there's and the fun thing was the lighting back then was that really crappy. Yes. And, and it gave an eerie sort of otherworldly feeling. Yeah, and, especially with the fog. Yeah, it just, but the fun part was um, the T-Rex was in the back as you come out. So the last group of people got the T-Rex. Uh -huh. The front one got the raptor and I was up yeah. and with my, my light going, now everyone be careful. You know, and I'm doing this, all of a sudden you're just, ah! I remember <laughs> she's a friend of mine, she's a doctor. She looked at me, she goes, is that what I think it is? <laughs> I said, what do you think it is? And she goes, it's a dinosaur. And of course, if you see a six foot tall, 12 foot long beast, racing out of the fog with all these yellow orange lights, <laughs> you're going to freak the hell out. Well, yeah. that's what people did. And they started, oh my God. And then it, there it is. It starts going down the hall, bobbing oh. and snapping at people. And of course, everyone was going nuts. And it just made the whole weekend. It was probably one of the most laborious things because the beginning of the film, if you remember, it took about five minutes for us to get to the center. We just yeah. kept going and the music was like dun, 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 dun. Yeah. and I keep scanning there has to be something we can go into and all of a sudden there it is there's an opening and then we turn on the headlights and we start going in yeah and that's when I knew everyone was like hooked because they're like I, you hear 
I can, the audience, the way they're shuffling, you hear this, oh, look yeah. at that. <laughs> you know, like, all right, we're into the story. We're okay now. <laughs> well, and, and then and then when you come out in the hallway, not only do you have the, the fog, the lights, the dinosaurs, the plants, but you also have uh, sound systems there uh, right. generating, you know, jungle or or you know, something, sounds that you might have heard if you walked out into a prehistoric world. Right. That's, and it makes, yeah, I mean, we did a lot of that. It's, the problem is it's gotten far more expensive. To be yeah, honest. I'm and sure. With the last two years, this year has been hard. I've been working on it for two years, and I'll be honest, it, it's, it's been hard. We, we cannot get supplies. We are, mm -hmm. I am, I had to change things for, we have VIP tickets. They pay more, but they get tchotchkes. Um, we were expecting to have these parts sent two months ago. Mm. And I'm still waiting. And I finally had to just go, forget it. We're canceling. Mm. And my model maker's like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Nothing's shipping. And so this year has been really difficult because I can't do a lot. We also couldn't always meet where I would normally be doing six to eight months in advance. We just couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. And it's been really difficult the last, not the last one, we still did a lot of big stuff, but this one I wanted to do more and we can't, it's, I feel like my hands are tied constantly. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I get news. Well, this isn't going to come for three weeks. Well, that's November 20th. That doesn't do me any good. <laughs> right. Or um, I was having a dress made and the woman got sick and she's, I can't finish it. And I'm like, all right, we got to change the very ending of the show. So th there's a lot of, this year's going to be different. Yeah. And it's, everybody wants the schedule and I can't. This morning, I just had two people say, we're both ill. And I'm like, got it. So two more went down and then we can, I have replacements I can stick in, but the schedule keeps changing. Sure. And I, I sort of want to put up on the, on the pages and on the website. It's like, folks, when I was young and I went to a con, you know what we did? We paid and we were just happy to get the program. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, right. look at all the cool stuff they're doing. And I'm doing a thing this year for the vendors because I'm very worried. I want them to do well. And I thought, well, we had about 100 people roll over till next year. And I thought, here's what we'll do. If you've already bought a ticket, you can bring someone for $10. I don't care. It's just, I want people to do well in the dealer's room sure and one woman wrote me and she goes well what do i get for ten dollars <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like, are you kidding me the same thing everyone gets for seventy dollars <laughs> but right. you get to pay a lot less because you are coming as a friend first time friend of someone well is it worth it and i'm like we're the oh. oldest longest running con in in steampunk history <laughs> if i don't really think i have to say anything else yeah, you still wait. I don't know if it's worth it. And I'm like, you know, whatever. Oh. It's, it's interesting when people do that. And I'm like, you know what? Just I I can't make it go any faster. I wish no. I could. Even the vendors are changing. A few of the vendors can't make it now. So I'm getting new vendors in. We've had a wait list of about 12 people. We slide them in. But again, it's one of those things where I, I hate having to re-up everything constantly. It's like yeah. I'm right. trying to put stuff out this week. But this year's been a struggle. Well, been a huge and struggle. you know, Eric, I think this year people are going to be just excited to be yeah. together again. I agree you with know? that. Yeah, we went. Linda and I went to uh, there's a, um, a Comic Con, a little 
Comic-Con that happens in Grand Island, Nebraska. It's a pretty small con, but they, they didn't have one obviously in 2020 and they wanted to get one in this year. Mm -hmm. So they had it and we went out for that. And um, you know what? In spite of the fact that it's a small con, there were a lot of people that came to it. It was huge. Everybody there didn't care what happened. They were all just so happy to see one another again after so long. It yeah. meant so much just to reconnect with people that you haven't seen in well over a year, you know, that the rest of it was just, you know, it was nice to have stuff, you know, like the, the film events or the, the uh, vendor room or whatever. That was, that was um, icing on the cake. The cake itself was just getting back together again with people that yeah. you love to be with and, and share this, this uh, love of science fiction with. 100%. I'm sorry, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to echo what, what Bill said. That's 100%. That's going to be the momentum driver, I think, over the next few months is yeah. people getting back out again to reconnect. And I think the, everything else kind of just take care of itself. And given uh, what's the hope. Been- Given what's been happening the last couple of years, I don't expect it to be like it used to be. I just want to get out and see people. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I, uh, William uh, Dizoma plays uh, Admiral Krieger. And now he plays Kaiser Krieger. So he was <laughs> Kaiser because everyone else died. And mm. um, he told me a few years ago, he knew what I was planning and it wasn't working. And I said, this is just so complicated. And he goes, you know what, though? If people don't know it's not coming, they can't miss it. So don't worry. Right. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but I know. He goes, but you're the only one. Only one. Yeah, exactly. Me mm-hmm. and a couple others. But he goes, it's okay. He yeah. goes, you could do your worst on a day. And it's still more than most cons do in the entire Exactly. <laughs> it feel good. And he goes, I'm just saying, don't, yeah. don't give up. He goes, it's, it's hard. And it, because I, I always start way up here and I always have to balance what I'm doing there. Yeah. Mm. Um, I wanted to have the film done this year. It, it's just, God, it was so incredibly hard. We're still waiting on some of the props. Yeah. And the the story is there. It's just, it, we have to pare it down a little and do things. But and this the year's theme money we've spent on the, the decor is going to be there. Yeah. That I got yeah. early, thank God. And you want to talk a little bit about this year's theme? Well, this year's theme is War of the Worlds, so you can't get any more steampunk than this. <laughs> and we're, we aren't deviating from the book at all. It's going to be the book. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we've had to cut back on a few things, but we are going to be having some things happen. Like during the, I got permission from the hotel. They're willing to do the over the loudspeaker. So throughout the whole hotel, you hear this. So about every three hours, there's going to be a siren going off. Oh, wow. And then you'll hear, it's like, all quiet, everyone quiet. So even in the panels, the panel keepers will be like, everyone, hush, now. And you'll hear the, <laughs> of the Martian walkers. <laughs> and you can hear the, <laughs> and explosions. People are, what's going on? They're right above us, be quiet. We're supposed to be in the tubes in London, which they I had see. at the time. And... So we're 400 feet underground and you're going to hear this stuff like there's a battle and then it will stop and you hear the mm, all clear. Repeat all clear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is going to be awesome. Everything is keep calm and keep going. <laughs> and you never be like, yeah, that's ex- exactly what the Brits would do. It would be like, well, that's done. Let's continue our talk on, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and that's going to be part of it. We're going to have sound effects. Um, it, I mean, it, it is, we're, we're trying it as much as I can. It's just, we have to see what's happening even up to the last day because certain, sure. things, certain things come in. If they don't, I can't do it. <laughs> right. This year is just, it's, uh, I talked to some of the, my co-patriots who run cons and Wheeler Stone ran his a month ago in um, Gettysburg. And he said, at this point, people should just be happy we're even able to do it. I know, and really. We both, we both had to decide early on. Um, I know San Diego did theirs last weekend. Hmm. Uh, they weren't, most of the people I think masked in that, but they didn't, I don't know exactly what they did. Wheeler and I basically said, you're going to have to show the cards. We need the Vax cards and we need you to mask. Sure. Not everyone liked it. Like I said, about a hundred people couldn't make it or decided, well, I don't want to go. Yeah. My, and Wheeler and I have decided as we were part of a group now, and I'll explain that in a minute. Okay. Basically our job is to keep people safe. Yes. To right. use the science behind it in no matter what anyone says, we just have to keep it going. Right. And 98, 99% of the people agree with us. It just, it is, we have to do it. Yep. Now next year, you know, and I, I talked to, uh, I have about four doctors and five nurses I work with. One of them is my cousin who is an ICU nurse. And she said, she goes, everything you're doing is about as good. She goes, I would go to your convention before going to some local grocery stores. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Agreed. She goes, well, it's expensive. I've been, I've been buying microband. And some of my friends, I was shocked. They were like, why are you doing that? People can wash their hands. I'm like, yes, they can, but they don't always do it. Right. And yes, we should all be doing it, but we don't always do it. So we will be spraying microband in the bathrooms and on certain doors about every two hours, even though it lasts for 12. My idea mm -hmm. is that we can cut the cold and flus out. Of sure. Stuff. Mm -hmm. And if it helps with COVID, which I think the microband is supposed to um, weaken it, or if not kill it, at least, at least that will be something. Right. We're going to go mm -hmm. in about every two hours and spray down, wipe off the, um, the elevator keys. It's just, it's all this little stuff we're doing. The restaurant set up this year a little differently. You, you go in and you tell them we're, there's going to be four of us and you might take 10 minutes or so. You prepay, you decide what your meal is. They give you a ticket. Mm -hmm. When the table is ready, it's cleaned. You go right there. We don't have waiters this year. It's basically, they're just food servers. They come right out with your food. That's it. And we try to keep it when you're with people as short and sweet as possible. Right. It's, it is what it is. But if everyone's vaccinated or takes the COVID test prior to coming yeah. and is masked up to that point, we should do pretty good. Oh, yeah. It, and, I, and I've told, we had these discussions. We, I know this is a little off topic, but people like to know. Yeah. We don't know where people get it all the time. They could get it on the flight in. They could stop at a gas station mm -hmm. and get it. And then... Yeah. You're like, I'm shocked I have it. You may not always get it at the con. You could get it leaving or coming. Sure. Which is why we're trying to be safe. But like my, my cousin said, who's a nurse, she's like, you can get it anywhere. And she goes, the likelihood is if you go to a grocery store, there's one to ch 10 chance of getting it if you don't do things right. Right. And she goes, most people will not wipe their card off. And she goes, You're, we have to have the speakers wiped down every time they finish. Mm. We clean the room uh, twice a day. It'll smell like Lysol, but you know what? You'll feel safe. Right. <laughs> part of it. And I want people to know that we're doing something. This isn't just, 
hokum. I went out, uh, the manager at a local bed bath or uh, bath and body works. Once it's all the soap, um, she sold me some of their soap very cheap. It was about two and a half dollars a, a thing. I bought a bunch of them. And she's, why do you want them? And I said, your stuff works well because one pump and it covers your hand. I said, we need simplicity. Not mm-hmm. that pearlescent stuff that they, you're sitting there trying to pump. Forever <laughs> mm-hmm. hotel. I said, everything has to be simplified. And so she sold me like 30 of them. And huh. it, that helps. And we're putting that in the bathrooms. And it's just, there are reminders. Everything is part of the story. So instead of saying, you know, beware of COVID, it's like, wash your hands. You don't want red weed syndrome. There's red <laughs> weed syndrome everywhere. And, uh, I love it. No, it, oh, it's fun. Uh, the Pose, uh, they come every year. They help me with, uh, they bought me some reindeer moss, a lot of reindeer moss, red crimson reindeer moss. Huh. And my friends at Michael's, Mike, the manager at Michael's, gave me a huge discount on these huge spring garlands. So we've spray painted them different colors of red. We have to go in now and add the berries and all the fungus on top. So mm-hmm. as the weekend progresses, we're going to keep adding more and more fungus. Oh, on okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that our underground is starting to get overrun with this red yeah, that's weed. That's the whole oh. idea. But you're being reminded there's a mask with the word Tesla Conacos. Do not get red weed syndrome. And there's an imperial <laughs> medical symbol on the poster nice. wash your hands it tells you to do it and it says have you washed you don't want red weed syndrome wash <laughs> your hands be part of the empire it's all this kind of you know british upper stiff upper lip stuff nice but, um it, we're trying to have fun with it though i don't want to beat people with the it, we're all gonna get sick it's more of a take care of yourself get your rest right I am even going as far as now I'm recommending in the last few weeks. I'm like, if you have a steamer, bring a steamer. And someone said, why? And I said, steaming your clothes will help. Trust me. It will kill off extra bacteria. And I'm like, just do what you can. Stay Mm -hmm. safe. Yeah. And have fun, but be smart about it. it. What's real. I mean, there's, there's a point where our imagination has to take over. So we just call it red weed. So on your, um, card you actually will get i wish i had one right here uh it's um next year's card oh well hold on one second okay all right first one to see it yeah no i like the way they're doing that it's you know it's it's the have fun but be safe kind of uh yeah i i applaud the effort that's that's amazing um here's the here's your actual passport it's the first time i've ever shown it Oh wow! Oh. And it's an evacuation card. <laughs> like oh. Awesome. Movie. You fill your name and everything out. It's going to be punched. It has a two-foot cord of um, meat wrapping cord mm-hmm. that you used to put in the old butcher shops. Yeah. This is a spot. It's a little two by three for your photo. So you can either bring one or have one taken. Okay. You, you stamp what days you're going to be here, and this is the stamp after you show us the COVID card. It's, it's going to be, it's called the red weed symbol. And it, it's, like, <laughs> a, it's a little reed with a little explosion of spikes. And on the back is going to be where you have all your different stamps, tea room and everything else. Oh, I see. And then what you do, you hang it on your button. So you uh-huh. wrap it on a button. And I try to keep it somewhat realistic, but like, what would they really do? Because we're yeah. supposed to be evacuating, but we find out on Friday night we can't. We're surrounded. So, oh my God, now we're stuck in the tubes. <laughs> but 
it, it originally we were going to be on a boat. I wanted to do that and have the things attack, but that was like, okay, that's a $50,000 special effect. We can't do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> crying. It, the more I do this, the more we're learning about what we're capable of doing and making and what we can get away with. And I, I realized I had some very, very good friends in the past who helped, but it's like they moved, they're on to other things. And it, it's just, it's hard because not everyone knows how to do this stuff. Yeah. We're right. learning some new techniques. Um, and I've been wanting to like simplify things and bring it sort of down to more of a digestible way of finding things. Like I said, this year's going to be a little different, but what we've done in the past, like we've had themes for um, when we did Bucharest, we had the dark um, ball. Uh, when we did France, we had the catacomb ball, things like that. This year, we can't have a ball for obvious reasons. And I know people will be upset, but like my one friend who's a doctor goes, if you stick 1,200 people in a room and they're jumping around, they yeah, are perspiring, healthy. coughing, and drinking, and they will have spittle. He goes, yes, you will have people sick within 24 hours. And I said, that's what I thought. And he goes, mm-hmm. and. So what we're doing instead, and this is, this is sort of fun, we are entertaining everyone. So what we're going to do is have a sit down. Because you, you aren't doing anything, you're going to watch it. It's $2 to help the crew doing it. It's a group of local actors I've worked with before. They're going to put on an authentic reproduction of the 1939 War of the Worlds by um, um, H.E. Wells. H.E. Wells, but um, the one that was done in New York or New Jersey. On oh, Halloween. wow. So that's going to be done live with sound effects from the period. So each oh, of the actors wow. have their own microphone and they're going to be, it's like, what is this? And it's like, it's an alien, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but it's an hour and 15. It's, Two dollars per person. It helps them pay for the rights. Yeah, and that sounds awesome. Saturday and then Sunday morning. Great. And so there's two chances to see it. It we had to come up with something we could do. And sure. it's I I feel bad. I know everybody wants to have a ball next year. We're gonna have two balls, and everyone's laughing when I say that. Yes. <laughs> next year there will be two balls. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm. <laughs> The first Tesla con with two balls. It's, you know, the one thing I've learned the last two years is you have to work fast and you have to change. It's like, it's not only changing lanes. Sometimes you have to take an on-ramp and an off-ramp fast. And it's hard. And I think a lot of people have wondered, are we going to pull this off? I'm like, we'll pull it off. You know, there's, there's a lot we have to do. Yeah. But even the tea room has changed. I mean, it's very regimented now. There is um, tea lady will be taking you in. She'll be seating you, talking to you, telling you what we have on the menu. Then there is a confectioner. He comes by and gives you the cookies and he's the only one that can touch them. So he has special gloves. He only puts things on napkins and he hands them to you. You don't touch them until they sit down on the table. Then we have a person who just delivers the tea. That is their sole job. Everything comes in paper. Now, if you want to drink it out of your teacup, fine. Yeah. Just let us know you won't get the fancy red cups. You'll get the regular cups. <laughs> but and then you can pour it in. But gone are the days of all the sloppiness and that we can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, then Sam uh, Birkenkamp, who is trained, he actually had as a store, uh, he blends teas 
for a living. This is what he really does. And he makes teas. Uh, he's going to be doing the tea this year. There's a lot of new flavors. One of them is, oh, he calls it watermelon freeze. I'm like, I don't know. And he goes, it's a red tea. Just wait till you taste it. He goes, I had to blend all these. And the, he's been waiting forever to get the tea from China. No joke. And uh, huh. he's been able to do that. There's a lot of new flavors. But he's he's actually blending and brewing them for us just for the event. So we'll have four flavors at a crack. Wow. And about every two and a half hours or so, one of them will change. So it's going to be like a constant change. It'll be fun. And there's going to be a lot of different stuff. The, we're having the meringues against so anyone who misses their meringues. You're going to get your meringues <laughs> um, and the Biscoffs. But um, so what we do instead this year is they push the cart in to the table. There's going to be 12 tables. Each table seats 10. And uh, you know, the confectioner will say, and what would you like? And you'll be like, oh, I'll have a number one and a number three and a number four cookie. And it will tell you what each one is. And then he takes them out. So oh. there is less chance of right. contamination, everything. And it, this has taken a long time to figure out. Oh my God. Sure. Like, everyone's like, why do you think of this stuff? I'm like, because we have to. Yeah. We have yeah. to. And it's not that I, you know, I want it to be fun, but there was a woman that wrote about four months ago and she said, how normal is this going to be? And I said, you know what? About as normal as we can make it. Yeah. And that's the honest truth. I want people to come and have fun, but I also want them to be safe. And that's and what we, I want to say about and, it. Yeah, and the con this year is November 4th to the 8th. And you yep. still have tickets available if people want them? Yeah, I think we're running it. I'm going to let it go. I think we'll probably run it until probably Friday of this week. Okay. Um, they can get tickets at the door if they want. Yep. Okay. There's tickets mm -hmm. at the door. The, um, we prefer cash, and I'll tell you why. Because you're paying such a surcharge on this stuff. Yeah, credit cards. And I'm trying to keep, I, I do this all the time, keep the costs down. Let's just bring the cash. It'll be easier. Um, but it, it's uh, $70 at the door. We're running it through Monday. It, it'll be, a lot of people had a hard time this year. And so I said, the hotel wanted me to see what I could do. And I said, why don't we do sort of a goodbye breakfast? And so there's probably going to be about 200 people that stay. And they just want to have a few more hours together. And we're going to have some programming. I'm going to actually show people what's happening over the next five years. I'm going to tell them some of what's going on. We have everything laid out for five years. So up to right. the 15th convention, there is something written down. It's sort of like what Lucas did with yeah. the prequels. Okay. <laughs> I'm, well, can you, I'm, not changing, I'm not changing Annie at all. Um, for those, it, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, for those for those folks that uh, aren't able to make it this year, can you give us a little teaser of next year's? Oh yeah, um, I have the tickets. <laughs> That's the first Ooh. time anyone's seen it. Uh, it's going to be a little ode to uh, Edward Gorey. Um, it's I had to do this art, and I learned real quick. Edward Gorey deserved every bit of money. <laughs> I've never cross-hatched so much in my life. <laughs> and it was, it was like, oh God. So he made Dracula on Broadway, come to life with all his fancy sets. And I know that over the past few years, oddities and curiosity conventions have been huge. I finally went to one in Chicago with some friends. I was underwhelmed by it. It was sort of like, eh, just a lot of dead things in jars. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, it's not as good as it used to be. 
Yeah. But I had already had this idea. I had percolated it for a few years. And I thought, you know what? We need something fun. We've been surrounded by death for two years, quite literally. <laughs> and I said, we need sort of a cathartic release. And so next year is sort of paying homage to that. It, it, is, it is called Tesla Commemento Mori um, Hawthorne Manor. And ha the Hawthorns are different. They're our version of the Adams family. Okay. So there's Lord Hawthorne, which William DeZoma will be playing. He is the Royal Imperial Mortician to, to uh, and I'm, I'm going to break part of the story here, Queen Victoria. She's back. <laughs> and he's very dark. Not mean. He's just very like, everything is about death. <laughs> his wife is the quintessential woman of the 1890s. She's nice. She's loving. She's a good mother. One of her lines is, we are all very happy to know that the good Lord above has given us 45 shades of black for mourning. I mean, that's <laughs> what she believes in. <laughs> there's Jet, there's Midnight, there's Ombridge. There, you know, she goes into it, <laughs> one of her lines. Uh, then they have three kids. Edgar is the oldest. He's about 18 to 19. He's sort of an emo guy who's always like, everything is dark. But he's finally found a girl. And the girl who he finds is the surprise. The um, next one is Clayton, who's about 12, who is very dark. He likes to play with dead things. Of course, Papa has mummies at the house. Papa, you know, he's a little weird. And then there's Tilly, who is the quintessential little girl with little blonde ringlets. And she skips around and she's always happy. Everyone's like, well, you're just making the Adams family. I'm like, no, this is not the Adams family. Tilly is the antithesis of Wednesday. She is the exact opposite. Wednesday's always like gloom and doom. Oh, Tilly's nothing like that. She's always happy and vivacious with death. So <laughs> there are a couple of things I want to film. It's always with an old woman sitting on a park bench with her. And you see Tilly crying. And she says, what's wrong, dear? She goes, my best friend died and we had to bury her today. Oh, my dear, I'm so sorry. It's okay. We're digging her up tomorrow. It's <laughs> Tilly. And she does a thing where she tells, she says, Mama, would you please come to my room? I have to have you check and see if everything's ready for my tea party with my friends. Certainly, dear. And so I want them standing there. And she goes, it looks lovely, Tilly. You did such a good job on your first wake. And all her dolls are lined up in little coffins with little flowers. And she's like smiling. That's Tilly. Um, nice. Edgar falls in love with a girl who... I might as well say, you're not going to get it. It's going to be Alice in Wonderland. And so oh, for the wow. first time, we're taking two stories and putting okay, them yep. together. Their story is separate. They'll have three or four parts where their story unfolds. The Hawthorns will have their story unfold. Wow. And her, their, her story with Edgar is going to be far different. We are going to do a full-on Mad Hatter tea party. I know that right now. Where wow. the Mad Hatter will come out and actually dance on the tables and Huh. kinds of stuff um but we're working with my i bought my partner a, a set i tried using it um that actually can draw like edward gory he's he's a trained uh, medical artist and designer huh. so the whole set will be done sort of like that but it's going to be more dimensional one of the things we're doing is i contacted the guy who made our aliens year three he's going to make stuffed mounted animal heads and part of it is they will sing 
to the audience. So oh, wow. life. As Edgar is, he Edgar has a song I wrote called I'm in Love with a Girl Named Allison. And it's about a two-minute song, and he basically dances around with the maid and the valet who I want to have being uh, uh, Count Orlock from, you know, the original Nosferatu. And he's like, I'm uncomfortable. I am comfortable. You know, and he's dancing with him, and he whirls him back into the shadows. And <laughs> as he's doing it, all the heads will be like, he's in love, he's in love, la, 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 and he's going to be dancing. And it's <laughs> the first time I've ever done anything this weird but I want to have fun with it. No, and it sounds like it. it sounds like a great it, time. It, it is. It's a darker theme. Yeah. But it's not going to be morbid per se. They're not really. They're not evil or anything. They're just sort of a goofy Dark. family. Yeah. And the last cast member is Grandma, and Grandma is going to be played by Jamie Grieve, who has these fantastical faces she does. <laughs> And she can't speak because she's dead. She's a ghost. She only can communicate through a planchette that Lord Hawthorne's wife knows. <laughs> and it's she's his mother. And she always gets it screwed up. So Jamie is always turning to the audience and going, like, <laughs> 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 like you know, and but Edgar has a machine she can talk to. And that's going to be one of the big steampunk things where she actually is able to talk to him. She he can see her. He's the only uh-huh. one. But it's, huh. it's going to be a fun, it's a totally different idea. And then if it works, if it works well enough, then for two springs, we'll have small cons of about 400 people just for the Hawthorne. So it'll be a small little dark con. Okay. And the rest of the Tesla cons won't be. Uh, the one after uh, them will be um, after Hawthorne Manor is called On the Road to Cairo. Oh, which is uh, a com- they're mostly comedies now. Uh, I figure after everything we've been through, we need them. Um, right. It's based on the old Hope and Crosby films. So I'm no longer King. Krieger is no longer the Kaiser. And he goes, let's just go somewhere for a vacation. Come on, you're my cousin. <laughs> so first, let's go to the, the top of Africa where it's just hot as hell and have an adventure. And it's based on Scooby-Doo. So I find a mummy and I take a coin off of it. And I'm like, well, it's not going to do him any good. Look, it's, we could probably get something in the Marrakesh market for it. Of course, that starts the curse. Sure. And so we have a mummy chasing us. Um, I've asked Tony Smoot to play the Anubis priest, um, which he wants to do really bad. And it's going to be a farcical where we have to get, I want to do a couple guys that look like Tony some mummies, duplicates of us, and I want to have a Scooby-Doo thing on stage where we're popping up behind doors and chasing each other. But it's a comedy. And the whole idea is uh, we ride in on camels. I want to have giant Muppet camels made. And then you have your pictures taken with the camels during the weekend. But I mean, there's more to it than that. Right, right. Uh, Then we go to Nemo. Nemo is the big one. That's the pricey one. And that's where we got to gear back up for it. I wanted to have it much sooner, but we just can't. Yeah. And that is going to have Nemo's daughter. Nemo is long gone by the timeline anyways. So we're going to have Nemo's daughter in it. And then uh, the, the last one, technically, if we change it, it'll be like the other ones. It'll be small for a few years. I know uh-huh. not everyone wants to give it up. So it's like we'll sort of wean ourselves off. 
will be called Mary Bobbins. And Mary Bobbins is, it's the anti-story of Mary Poppins. She comes to save the father. In this version, she thinks she's coming to help me and I end up helping her. And okay. it's not a woman, it's an automaton I make for my brother who has since died and all his kids are in college at Oxford. And she comes home in this giant box. And I'm like, Mary, what are you doing here? She goes, I've come back, Father. And she thinks she's going to take care of me. But what I find out is she falls in love. Mm -hmm. And I end up making her husband for oh. her. And at the end, nice. it's it's very much a, a happy Mary Poppins-y kind of thing. But it's nice. less Mary Poppins, more, I want to say Frankenstein, in a sort of a roundabout, pretty loving way. But she tries to take care of me, but I make her and I take care of her. Nice. And that's, but it's about as steampunk as I can get because it's all about robots, tinkering, <clears> and all <throat> that. And well, that's some of the ideas right now we're doing. We're also going to be, the new stuff will be, we're doing an, uh, a paranormal convention. That's going to be the, the new big one. Um, I'm trying to work with several celebrities. Uh, so far, they're interested. And it'll be a lot different than what other paranormal cons are like. It's just, I'm, I've been to one now. And it was pretty much the way I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And then I talked to the guests and they're like, they're all this way. And I'm like, what do you mean? Boring. <laughs> they want something new. And so we're going to do something new. We're going to really try to do some stuff that's new. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the small Tesla cons. Right. And then we're working on even something bigger for probably right now, probably 2024. But um, I had to push back here because of all this. But when that happens, I'll let you know it's big. We just have to get the licensing for it. So right. for anybody wanting to so, follow what's going on uh, and what you have planned, where's the best, just like a Facebook? Probably, it's right on Facebook. Uh, TeslaCon fans and TeslaCon, all in caps, are the two groups. They're almost identical, but some people prefer one or the other. TeslaCon fans seems to be bigger now for whatever reason. And I pretty much put everything on there. I we learned I can put everything on the website, nobody reads it. So yeah. it's basic information there. If you go on TeslaCon fans, you can see everything. But it's they'll read it. They'll read it if Facebook goes down again. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, uh, it's, I mean, there's you know, with this stuff, um, Hawthorne, I wanted to do it this year, but I realized in about March, just to be honest with people. I couldn't do everything I wanted. It just, this, the staggering amount of obstacles that are in my way was just like, this isn't happening. So we're going to do the new stuff next year. I want to try it this year. This one's going to be more, I think what you said, Will, we're just going to be happy to be together again. Yes. Yep. And I, I wanted to do a memorial for people um, this year who has lost and over the last decade too. But I think it's still too raw. It's not, we're not ready yet. Right. So next year we're going to do it because obviously I'm into morning. And I've called a huge favor from a friend. Uh, we're going to do something cultural. It's not appropriation. It's, yeah. we're not doing that. It's, we're going to actually do um, an entire ball based on Day of the Dead. But it's oh. going to be an educational one. We're linking it with several panels for you to learn about different cultures. And we're actually going to have the people from the cultures teaching it. And then everything is going to be done the way it should. But at the ball, we will have an ofrenda, which is the altar for the dead, and for people who want to do a memorial. 
that's what we're going to do. Nice. So it's the actual dance is what holiday is. It, I mean, we're not changing it. Yeah. In anything else, it is going to mm-hmm. be strictly by the book. Sounds fun. And I thought that would be a lot better because it's more of a happy yeah. occasion. They celebrate the life of the people. Yeah. Instead of going, oh, everyone's dead. I just can't put people through that way. No. And I know a lot of people want me to do it. And I'm like, it's it's too much. Yeah. And I want people to have fun at these things. I mean, yes, next year is going to be a little dark. You know, there'll be some coffins (laughs) here and there. You know, but you know, people love that stuff, though. They love, you know, Halloween's one of the most popular holidays. And we're only going to be two weeks past Halloween. It's the second weekend in November next year. And I thought, let's do something really offbeat that no one has seen. And it's putting this oddities and curiosities together with this theme. And uh, Deb Miller from Chicago, she will be playing Mrs. Hawthorne. She's been so good about it. I've been wanting her for the cast for several years. Just, oh, I'll do it. Oh my God, I love the dark stuff. And I'm like, okay, good. (laughs) But it's it's so much more than that. It's going to be funny stuff where, and then I did forget, there's, one more character. His name is uh, Jeeves. He is the butler. He's Norman. He is quintessentially the most boring person in England. But as he puts it, I have to hold this family together because who else will? And it's how he has to portray himself to these people. They have a pet spider who's five by six feet. I bought this huge spider named Bartholomew. <laughs> the mother treats him like the family dog. She's, oh, baby, how are you doing? And you hear him talk. He's their cousin yet. <laughs> And we're going to put him in little girls' roller skates. And then we carry him around the convention and the pictures are for him. And it, it's just, it's stupid, but it's like, we're going to try all these goofy little things for people who sign up this year for the VIP tickets. Okay. Um, the top 12 of them will get an actual grandma doll. We're going to have grandma dolls made in little coffins. It looks just like Jamie and her makeup and everything. Uh-huh. I mean, there's just a lot of weird stuff we're trying. I've never done before, but it's like, ah, just let's go to town. That um, sounds some awesome. other fun, fun things, um, Dr. Gus um, is a pin maker. And he made, and I'll just take it right off the board, and I'll show you. He made us this. This is the official Tesla time. Oh, yeah. In all the years. Oh, yeah. And you can keep adding. He's going to put a blank one here. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. But he's made more. If you go on uh, Facebook, you can actually see quite a few of them. Um, he, they are so elaborate. He has eight medals that you can buy just through the tea room alone with little spoons that come across with little wings. And it's just it's huh. all steampunk. He is helping so much. And we're going to go into that pretty heavy. Oh, there's a steampunk poke. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know. There's Linda and I. Two, There's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, yeah. nine. Me, ten, eleven. <laughs> There's uh, There's Frank in the background. Oh, the uh, yep. so Nebraska and Iowa group. You know, the that's funny though is, and I think, and I do think this is funny. I can look at pictures like that and know ninety percent of the people and most of their names. Yeah. yeah. It's taken a while. It's taken me 10 long years. But when I look at it and I go, these are the people that make up Tesla Kai. And yeah. a couple years ago, it started. But uh, during the pandemic, it really hit. Actually, Jamie Gree was the one who came up with this. It's called um, Steampunk Salutations. And it's a group of people that write to each other with letters to keep oh. contact. Oh. And it's been doing very good. But 
it's it's something I've been seeing a lot more of. People have been so disconnected and so mm-hmm. gone. They don't have a lot right now. And I no. think a lot of people feel very just empty. And um, several women wrote to me and then uh, one, uh, one man wrote to me and he said, this is all I'm waiting for. He says, I yes. had a bad year. And I said, why, why this? And he said, I, I lost a few friends, my wife was sick, and I realized what's important. Yes. And he's about, I'd say, just a couple years older than me, probably about 60. And he said, I'm learning something. None of it is, is worth it. He goes, but I can come to your place for three or four days and just have fun. And he said, it's not like I'm going to a convention anymore. I think it'll be his fourth. He says, it's like going to see my family for a family. Week. Yep, exactly. And a lot of people have told me that Tesla Con is not a convention. It's a, it's a journey. They call it the journey, but it's a family event. And um, it's just like Selena was in that picture and her husband. I've known them for like what, six, seven years. Um, it, it just, you, you see things come together and bridge. And yep. it's different at TeslaCon. I don't know what it's like at all the other cons. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they have similar things, but at TeslaCon, yeah. it's very, very in your face. It's like we're a family, and I know not everyone's going to agree politically anymore or or stuff for uh, COVID. But I try to help people. I'm like, just get over the fact that we have to do it this year, right? And we'll all be fine, right? And I mean, there are, there is a chance to sure we got a mask again. I'm going to say it. And I've been upfront mm-hmm. about it. Everyone's like, don't say that. I'm like, it's a, it's a disease. It's not right. going to go right. away folks. Nope. But you know what, if all we have to do is wear a cotton mask, my God, if that's exactly right, <laughs> don't worry about everything else. Politics aside, nothing's going to kill you. then. Right. So I, I'm trying to make people come together for this. It's been hard, but it's also rewarding recently a, a fellow lost his wife and he, he put on there he said I have my family I have my faith I have all my friends here and I have Tesla God my and it was yeah. it really hit me I was like there are so many people depending on this one convention this year. right right that's a lot of responsibility on it is, is but <laughs> I also feel like you know I've had several dealers go I don't make money this year I don't want I'm going to do and that's why I'm trying everything to get people. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be down some, but I'm trying everything in my book to make sure that people have fun. The panels are fun. Um, we're, I mean, we're, we're trying to do different things, but it's not going to be normal TC. It, it, we're going to sure. do some different things. Sure. But I think what's going to make it fun is just the fact everyone's together. Everyone's going to be in a good mood. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we can get through the weekend. And I think if we can do that, It'll mean so much more to people. And I, I'll just, I'm just going to say this. I know there are people out there who are upset over the last two years, who have lost people, who we, I've seen it all. I have yeah. had two, 300 letters over the last two years mm. explaining stuff. And there are people who've given up, literally. And I said, don't give up. We're going to happen. And they're yeah. like, are you sure? And I'm like, I have to eat too. So <laughs> um, this is my life. This is what I do now for a job. And I said, it will happen, but just come knowing 
that if you put everything else aside, everything, the, the outside world, all the, the BS that goes with it, just enjoy yourselves for four days. Yeah. About right. And I said, I think it's more medicine than we're used to. There's a part of me that goes, I'm, I'm tired. I've been working on this for two years. You see my posts. I mean, people, some sure. people have been pretty nasty. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. But there's a part of me that goes, I need this to come full circle. And I think it's like a reset button. It's like, if I can do this, and if all of us can do it, I think we'll be okay till next year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a weird mental sort of state, but you're like, I can be with all my friends. I can be with people who like what I like and we can make it through this. And I think that's what makes it sort of nice. It does. Nobody doesn't like you. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't claim to own the monopoly on imagination. I, you know, I, I did work with Disney. I worked with Lucasfilm, a little with Warner Brothers, Pixar. And the one thing I try to do is make it fun for people. And some things work, some things don't. Yeah. And it all works for me. Yeah, well, <laughs> it works. I think Carla, you great Carla job. And her husband come every year. And she helps with props. And she can't this year. She has to take care of her mother. And she's a school teacher. And she says, I just can't. And I said, it's okay. But she's still making all the props for the dinner tables. Nice. She says, I'm not going to let you down. I'm going to do that. And there are people like that out there who have been consistently doing it. The Pose, who are from Texas, Catherine and Stephen have helped me. Um, it, it's all this stuff comes up. And I don't see that other cons. I mean, it's there are literally people who go, what do you need? I, I was talking to Gus the other day and I said, we cannot get this part made in time for the con. He's like, why? And I said, I, we just can't get the parts. It was ordered five months ago. I mean, when you order something in May or June, you figure by September, you're yeah. going to yeah. yeah. And, you know, he goes, well, where is it made? I said, well, where everything else is made. Where do you think? <laughs> yeah. China. And I said, no, those boats, all 2,000 of them are sitting out there off the ocean. Yep. And I said, even if it's unloaded, the chance of us getting it in two weeks is not going to happen. Right. And he goes, I wish, he goes, I'm so sorry. And I said, I don't know what we're going to do because it's part of the ticket. And he goes, I'll do it. And I said, no. <laughs> he goes, no. He goes, I want to do something for the VIP bags. Let's, let's make it. So he has made a special, it's a, it's rather large. It's I don't know, about so big uh -huh. and we aren't showing it to anybody yet until you come to the con. It's just for those 65 people and they put it and then they hang their ticket off of it. It'll hang oh, down off of it. And he's like, let's do that. And I said, okay. I said, are you sure? And he goes, yeah, let's, let's do that. Nice. So I'm helping him with the pewter cost, but point is i have people that step up and help well that's and that's, because that's really what it takes to pull off a con like this is you it's more have... of a yeah that's why it's more of a family than a convention because right. people are are willing to do that and you've stood the test of time 11 years is a long time most cons do not do not last that long right right and even though we're going down a little with the numbers this year we've seen a surge of new people wanting to come in especially yeah yeah but we're also, I've started um, some things. And then, you know what? Then I'm going to let you talk because I'm talking all the time. You can ask yeah. um, I started the group called ASSC, which is the American Steampunk Society Conventions. I think if I got that right. And except for California, all of us are involved in it. 
and we're sitting down at TeslaCon to decide on things. And I said, the first thing we're going to do, we are going to expand on our fandom. I said, I want to start expanding. And I said, the first thing we're going to do is African-Americans, Asian-Americans, uh, Latino-Americans, and LGBTQ. I said, we're going to expand it and we're going to start bringing more people in. We need new blood. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, but we're getting, um, my friend has talked to the head of the Milwaukee Brewers uh, Minority Outreach. She's going to help. Um, I have several people in the Latino community that are going to help. We're, we're starting, I'm going to ask some other people for the LGBTQ. And it's, we're, I want to bring more people in, but also make them understand that it's a safe place, but also they can have their fandom. It's not just one person writing everything. There's a lot of voices out there. And I want this fandom to be very, very open and expand. And I think that'll make it fun for all of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, my friend, um, Sam Crossland, she was on um, what was it, season 12 or 18. I forget what it was of Project Runway. And uh, she asked when we were talking about uh, the Mexican Day of the Dead. And I always say it wrong. Uh, Dia de los Mortes. That's how I say it. I, my friend who's coming can say it perfectly. And he makes <laughs> fun of me. And uh, she goes, well, if you can, she goes, do the other cultures. I'm like, oh, we are. And she goes, you're really doing it? I said, oh, yeah, we're going continent to continent. There are about 51 different countries that have similar celebrations. Huh. The only thing is the Mexicans are the only ones that sort of have a happy part to it. Yeah. Everything in Eastern Europe is really sort of dollar. And I said, <laughs> we're going to talk about it, but we're not going to shove it under the table. It's just going to be like, this is what this country does. And mm -hmm. she said, can you include like Latino countries, African countries? And I said, oh yeah, that's already on the book. And she goes, you're doing it? I said, oh yeah. I said, there's gonna be Asia, Africa, and um, South America and Middle... Um, Middle America? Central America. They all have different customs. And I said, we're gonna to try to cover all of them in the talk. And nice. she said, oh, I didn't know that. And I said, there's one talk just on the Day of the Dead and there's one talk about the world. And I said, it's important we start doing this more. It's, we're, we're not just America. We're steampunk fans worldwide. Right. And that's yes. what I'm trying to do. And if some of it, some people may not like some of it where you get into it. I didn't, and you're going to laugh. I had to watch Coco again because I came up with the idea. I thought, I need to know more about this. And I started studying it. And I realized it's not a fun, happy holiday. It's a very happy family holiday. Right. And it really surprised me when I talked to my friend who's from Mexico and I said, would you come up and do this for me? He goes, yeah, I'd do it. And he has a background uh, in some politics and that his dad did. And I said, I, I need this to be done truthfully. Like I want people to learn. And he goes, it, there's a lot to it. And he goes, each different state in Mexico does something different. I said, good. Then we'll learn about all the different stuff. He goes, but he goes, the problem is everyone thinks it's a Halloween thing. He goes, it's not. It really is a remembrance day of happiness for the families. I said, that's what I want it to be this time. He goes, you really mean that? I said, if we're going to do a memorial, I'd rather have it done happy than good old fashioned English right. dour black. I said, that's not what we need. And he goes, okay, I'll do it then. And he, he accepted it. So it makes nice. me feel good. But so you asked me questions. I'm sorry. I talk. And I no, that's okay. <laughs> no, it's been old, great. 
professor. Oh, good. Uh, it, it has been great. Yeah, it has been great. We're 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 well over time, but it's been fascinating just <laughs> just letting you talk and run with it. I mean, it's just been yeah. great, Eric. I appreciate. Chris, do you have any questions or? Uh, no, no. This has been this has been great to listen to. We have to bring you. you. Talked me into really, yeah. <laughs> you talked me into really wanting to to engage in this and 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 make it to a, a Tesla con. So you know, I uh, I admire everything that you've done and in how you're trying to grow it, and I applaud the efforts of making it safe for everyone. Yeah. Um, so it seems like you've really gone at lengths to make that happen. So that's that's wonderful to hear. It's absolutely great. I know people may. This year's been hard because some people are like, "Well, why are you doing all this extra stuff?" I said, "Because we have to this year, right?" You know, I it's costing me a lot of money, and I'm not trying to. It's just it does. It costs mm -hmm. all cleaning products. Sure. I got to pay people to do the cleaning. They don't want to do it for nothing. And the hotel does it, but this is on top of what the hotel is doing. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. And I said, "No, we just got to for another year, just try," and that's yes. what this is about. But it's more so that I need to bring people together again. And I want, I want people out there to know, even if you've never been to a steampunk convention, this is probably the one where if you go and you show up in your khaki pants and a white shirt, that's all you need, really. Yeah. And William, Linda, you can vouch for me on this. Sure. People yep. will help you put a costume together. Oh, absolutely. That's the <laughs> yeah. fun of it. And someone will grab you and go, you know what? You need to come shopping with us. <laughs> and whole thing. There's two rooms of vendors, a big one and a little one. And you'll go shopping and you'll walk out with a vest and a hat. And some might cost money, but you know, you can put stuff together cheap and you come out feeling part of it. And I will guarantee someone will do that because they're always, I see them on all the time. I've never been to your con. What do I do for clothes? 36 people later, we'll tell you what to do. <laughs> right, right. And it, it's fun, but it's also, it's rewarding. Like you both have seen, I did a lot of stuff at the beginning of the year where we, I created the costumes. I took pictures. I made everything red. There are people coming in those costumes. I yes. know. Yes. That's I was amazing. Shocked. I was like, you're really going to do this. One guy is totally decked out. Um, he's local. My God, it is a beautiful costume. Wow. Some of the kids are running as lampers. There's the kids that have lamps stuck yeah. on their back. And they get, they guide people through the, the city at night. It just all this stuff's coming to fruition, and it's fun. But everyone's enjoying it. And if you're new to it, the reason I'm saying this is you're invited. You're going to feel part of it right away. Yeah. Within like five hours, you're going to be like, I'm part of the con. Yeah. People actually go out of their way to make you part of it. Yep. So, yep. That's that, awesome. That comes from you too. You've seen it. I mean, you're yep. the best yep. advertising I have. Yep. Absolutely. So, the secrets. There's nothing to be afraid of. Right. <laughs> experience it. All right. Well, Eric, I want to thank you. I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a great show. And I, I can't believe we've been on for what, an hour and 20 minutes or so. Oh and, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it seems well, like five minutes worth to me. Every minute. It absolutely has. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if, if you have questions, the site uh, teslacon.com, it has a ticket. Um, link right to Ticket Leap, real quick. We'll probably stop selling tickets on the 15th, the way it looks. I'll extend it a few days because and then you can still get 15th. tickets at the door, and you can get tickets at the door. But yep. we have to stop so we have time to mesh all the stuff together. Sure. And then on Facebook, it's either TeslaCon Group or TeslaCon Fans, and that has 
it will take you hours to go through everything and it has all the, <laughs> the everything you can think of is on there and they will post and post and post costumes and you name it so yep. all right, all right. i hope people out there have fun this fall i hope you can make it if you can't we're going to be filming some of the panels to oh, be good. uploaded for people great and um yeah it'll be it'll be fun so cool all right well thank you again sir and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at teslacon so all right guys take care yep take care thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you all next time bye-bye thanks for listening to this episode of the galactic driftwood podcast for more information and past episodes please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.